All right. Chris Sheridan. Jason Napolitano, we're here. <laughs> and we are live on the Cosmic Eye Show. We're just jumping right in today. All right. Just jumping right in today. Uh, so this is a new thing we're doing during the week. I uh, started doing this. Uh, there's, an, there's an episode up from, from last week uh, with a friend of mine called uh, Scott Eschner, a.k.a. Scott Shadow. And Chris hasn't even heard that one yet. I'm going to put that one up uh, tonight, actually, which is Thursday today. So these new, uh, new shows will go up Thursday or, or Friday. And they're kind of a supplemental thing that we're doing on, uh, on the Cosmic Eye podcast. A little less uh, scripted and a little more sort of topical, I guess. Is topical a good word? It is, yeah. sure. Um, but it's also to be taken internally, too. So it can be used as a topical or <laughs> uh, an internal. Oh, it's, all, it's all good medicine. Oh. Wow, good stuff. And this this coming from the guy, mind you, that used to do stand-up comedy. Excuse me, what was it? Sit-down oh, comedy, God. that would yes, be. Yes, it was. Yeah, it just, it just keeps getting it worse. It keep getting um, worse. So. And I'm goading you into... We'll see, see where it goes okay. from here. <laughs> Downhill fast. That's where it's going to go from here. Nice. Uh, we haven't actually ta- mentioned this before before i don't think on the show which is we maybe we did in like the first the first episodes but you have up uh, a, a fantastic video uh that you did uh it's a it's a short film that you did uh when you were in school that actually won a student academy award called walk this way um it and is uh, it's on your uh it's on your youtube channel right so yeah. tell them where they can see that because it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic uh, piece of art. Yeah, just search uh, "Walk This Way" and Chris Sheridan, okay, or just Sheridan. It'll it'll, it'll come, come up. up. It's uh, the picture of the guy in the wheelchair, the dude uh, in the chair. It's, uh, the thumb. Yeah, right. yeah, that'd be me on wheels. Absolutely. All right, cool. And I just wanted to. I think that's my uh, answer to the Chinese, uh, the fortune cookie. Uh, you know, you're supposed to add in bed at the end of a fortune cookie uh, reading, okay. you know, to make it funnier. I just add on wheels. All right. Nice. Yeah. That's uh, that's my my take on it. So <laughs> that's your unique contribution to the bad joke world. Oh, you like Chinese the food. Bad joke world on wheels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you really should be commended for that. And uh, and and I am commending you. So the listeners may as well. We'll see what happens. So speaking of that, uh, do uh, check us out at CosmicEye.org or at um, Anchor.fm slash CosmicEye uh, if there's a topic you'd like to hear about that's off the wall or weird or fun. Uh, if you leave, there's, a, there's an option on there, which is kind of cool, and uh, only, only one person has used it so far, so I highly encourage anyone who wants to do it to do it. But you can call and actually leave a question on there. It's like a voice-recorded question, and we can either use it on there. So if you want to you know, use, use your recorded question on the show, uh, go ahead and say you know, that we can do that. So just give us permission, and we'll, we'll actually cut the clip of your question in, and then we can talk about it. Or we can just uh, talk about whatever thing you, 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 you want to talk about. Uh, on the show itself. So you say, hey, you know, I'd love to hear about uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey some more and uh, some insights into what the uh, symbolism of, uh, of food is in that, although we covered that last week. But that's an example. That's an example. Food. So, okay, speaking of that, let's just pick a topic. Uh, well, let's talk about food and spirituality. What do you think about that? Yeah, okay. 
Sure. I say that because uh, I'm staring at a book that I'm reading right now called Aquaponic Gardening, and it is by Sylvia Bernstein, and it's fantastic. Um, if you're not familiar with aquaponic gardening, uh, it is where you can grow vegetables uh, in an integrated environment where you're also growing fish. So the fish waste actually becomes the fertilizer for the vegetables, and it's incredibly good fertilizer, so you get a really nice yield of vegetables and it's this kind of a closed system. It's a very cool. It's a very cool thing. You can look it up on YouTube if you're uh, interested in aquaponic gardening or get that book. Uh, but what I wanted to talk about, I guess, is um, is kind of the importance of spirituality and food. Uh, a lot of the stuff that's coming out of the permaculture community, and a lot of the stuff that's, you know, kind of coming to the forefront of, of people's spiritual lives is the choices that they're making in food. I think it's a really tangible way to to be in touch with the earth and to make choices that, that are in line with what you believe. And uh, I was kind of thinking about that last night. I find it one of the things I think that people are doing now, since they're less organized, I would say, I wouldn't say people are less spiritual. I would say they're less organized and less maybe, you know, religious in a sense, but I don't think that's the correct word, but I would say less, um, less orthodox maybe, or less, uh, traditional religious religion oriented right dogmatic dogmatic maybe yeah. I, you know, I don't want to I, I don't want to give you know like organized yeah, religion a bad things. name I, I because I think there's many 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 valuable things in it and we wouldn't have our spiritual traditions that are more eclectic today without them you know they've lasted for you know hundreds thousands of years in some cases and um you know possibly longer uh we, we don't really know so you know, the wisdom that comes up to us through, through, through the ancestors and through these um, ancient wisdom traditions is definitely to be respected. But what I'm finding is that people are making choices. I'm taking a long, long route to this. People are making choices, I think, in their lives, in their spiritual lives. For example, they, they want to be a vegan. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to be more, uh, more vegetable oriented. I'm trying to work on a vegetarian diet. I'm not at the vegan level yet, but I'm, but I'm you know, I'm experimenting with this. And, you know, I think that's a reaction to, to some of the things people see with the factory farming, with the industrialization, with the chemicals and the pesticides and, and all of this stuff. And, you know, we see all these documentaries about how the food system is, is so kind of rotten from the bottom to the top. But then there's all these wonderful bright spots of people doing this great organic work and they're trying to work with the earth and its natural cycles and all this, right? So I think uh, maybe that, that making those choices is almost like a spiritual choice. And I think those people, they get very passionate about, about you know, trying to share their, their feelings on that with others and so on in almost an evangelical way. Wouldn't you agree? Well, definitely. It's in a lot of traditions there are food uh, rules and restrictions, uh, the Hindu might not want to eat a cow. Maybe you think that's, mm -hmm. you know, sacrilegious. Some people, crickets, uh, which are a great protein source, could probably feed the world and get us off cows. Uh, but crickets are seen as good luck in a lot of cultures. Mm -hmm. uh, in the Hebrew, ancient Hebrew tradition, and for uh, at least some anyway observant um, Jewish people today, uh, eating pork uh, is is not really kosher, <laughs> so to speak, literally and figuratively. <laughs> literally uh, and, and figuratively. And that comes <laughs> It comes through the, uh, you know, the, the traditions um, that, uh, you know, that give these guidelines. So food, what you eat, how you eat, when you eat, <laughs> when you don't eat. There's fasting traditions 
uh, eating is in a way it's really inseparable from, you know, at least the early forms that we still practice today, some form or another uh, of spiritual traditions and religions. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because people oftentimes look at their own, you know, food traditions or their own religious food traditions as being somewhat uh, constrictive or something like that, or maybe they don't want to follow them or, you know, you get, um, you, you know, I mean, I think like, for example, Catholics didn't used to eat meat on Fridays and I don't think this is very common anymore. They would have fish instead. And they actually used to do that at school. They would serve fish on Fridays for, for oh, yeah. Catholics specifically. Uh, and most of the time I was in a public school system that was not predominantly Catholic. And they still and do it, right? We always, yeah. We also had chocolate milk on Friday, so nobody complained. <laughs> that was your compensation for no meat. You get, yeah. How can you eat your chocolate milk if you can't eat? <laughs> yeah, I got that was horrible. That was a horrible, horrible thing. But if anyone knows what I'm talking about, uh, yeah, I got thanks. <laughs> I wish I could take that back, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna cut these. No, I'm we're not moving forward. These things out because I think this freeform show is a is a is a fun thing we can do where it's like you just kind of hear the behind the scenes in a way. Uh, because you know we do edit the show a bit for the for the Sunday show, and it's a little more, a little more polished. I don't know how much more polished, but a little more polished than, than you and I just talking shit, right? Like we'd like to normally right, do. Right. But um, <laughs> you know, so anyway, I think uh, food is an interesting thing, and it, it's such a yeah. Obviously, it's a huge part of our lives and our survival, but it goes so far beyond that. And you know, the choices that we're making today and. You know, it's one of the things I think why it's such a powerful thing, too, is because it's one of these things that we enjoy very, very much. And it's a visceral experience. And, we, you know, we look forward to to meals and stuff and and so on. And one of the things I think that, you know, people are trying to get back to and it's 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 hard because everyone is so busy. But is, you know, a, a tradition of a meal meal times with family members, friends, you know, your community members, whoever you're living around and, with, you know, with you know, girlfriends, boyfriends, partners, whatever, <clears throat> um, and spending that time and, and taking that, that time to have that sort of communion with that person and communion. And I'm using that very specifically, you know, the, the food is, you know, eating is a holy act. I mean, you know, you, and the thing the people, and I think this is why, why the vegan stuff is such a, a powerful thing for people and, and why, you know, there is a lot of um, interest in it. You know, it's it's saying, look, I respect these fellow creatures, and I don't want to see them harmed, and I don't want to see them killed, and I don't want to see them mistreated. Um, you know, so I'm not going to participate in this system. You know, and oftentimes, I mean, I think those same people, is, you know, are not necessarily anti-meat per se. A lot of them are. A lot of them are. You know, the Buddhists and certainly the religious mm -hmm. um, ones, and and you know, hard. I don't want to say hardcore, but you know, super dedicated uh, vegans. Obviously, there's a choice being made um, that's, you know, pro-animal and, and, and anti-animal death. And I understand that and I, I don't disagree with it. But what I'm saying is I think a, a lot of people that don't eat meat, are, you know, are also protesting sort of the, the factory farming and the inhumane conditions and so on that exist in these awful, awful processing plants, um, you know, for their own health and for the sake of the earth and for the sake of those particular animals that get, you know, ground up in that system. And I use that literally. Mm -hmm. It's awful, you know, and, I, and we've all seen these these documentaries on YouTube and, and, and Netflix and wherever else they are floating around. And thank God they're out there. Um, 
but you know that's one aspect you know and that's you know i love where this this kind of regenerative agriculture the organic stuff the humane farming the permaculture stuff it's moving in a different type of direction it's it's um you know it's it's creating an ecosystem on a farm that's a living system it has living soil um living and breathing and moving around and well cared for and loved animals that actually are part of the farm ecosystem. So there's this new way of this, and this I found really cool. You may have seen this, you may have not. But basically, you know, most permaculture people think of animals as sort of um, land managers. So they, they, they kind of have a job, you know, on the farm. So they're not just walking around, you know, trying to be, you know, be, they're not products being fattened up or something. They're actually out working and doing animal stuff, you know, in a natural environment. So, for example, they'll take and cordon off an area and fill it with chickens. And this is an area that you want to weed or you want to get rid of a bunch of particular ground cover or whatever because you're going to put something else in there. You, you run chickens through it for X amount of days and they clean up the whole area very efficiently. And, you know, they get to scratch around and, and do all their chicken, chicken jazz and, you know, and have a good time doing it. And, and they're, they're helping you and they're a part of the natural process. They're pooping on the ground. You know, they're, they're putting fertilizer into the ground. They're, they're aerating the soil while they're kicking it with their feet. I mean, it's amazing. It, but yeah, and that's it's natural. natural. That is in line with what it's they were natural. naturally evolved or created. Right. Or descended or ascended to. This is what they do. And, yeah, they'll come back and sleep in the coop at night. But, yeah, they'll run around and pick up bugs. It's and, fantastic. Um, you know, it's, and, it's a, yeah. and it's a holistic system. You know, they're, they're integrated into the whole thing and they're cared for and they're, and I say cared for, you know, particularly on those types of farms, they literally are cared for. They're not treated like a commodity. And that's the thing that I think, you know, any like type of uh, food production that's done in a commodified or industrialized way, I mean, to me feels like a rape of the earth, you know, and I, and I use that, that very particularly. You know, and, and granted, we're all, you know, trying to do the best we can. And oftentimes we have to buy poor quality food and, and factory farm stuff because we just don't have the money. And I, I fully empathize with that. But there's ways to move away from that, you know, by eating less meat, for example, by, you know, planning ahead and cooking stuff in like crock pots and things, making your own bread, stuff that's not that difficult. It takes a little bit of time, but if you if you kind of you know pick a day and say, all right, this is going to be food prep day on on Saturday, we're going to do food prep day, and we're going to you know figure out what we're going to do for the week and prepare the meals and stuff, and we're going to make some bread, and you know you you can really start to kind of kind of take control of that stuff. And I, I know you guys you guys grow some some herbs and stuff right around the house. Yeah, we do. You know, basil is yeah. kind of self perpetuating. If you clip off enough of it before you eat the entire plant, it'll grow a new one. You can clean yeah. it. Uh, indefinitely and it's actually that's a really good place to start with people if anybody uses basil on their salad yeah or, uh, you know kind of pasta cooking or making yeah, pasta yeah, or whatever sure. um it's fairly easy um if you just kind of stay on top of it and and you get to see it it's really neat because you get to see it you get to smell it and you get to taste it just you know within a week uh, it doesn't really take long no it, it's super cool you know microgreens i i have I, I tried out, I tried sprouting some wheatgrass. Uh, I did it wrong and I got a really bad harvest. 
of my wheatgrass. I have a very poor <laughs> harvest. Right. There was uh, there if if my wheatgrass was if we were wheatgrass dependent, there would be a famine in, in the in the household, unfortunately. <laughs> but I have since learned that uh, what I did wrong, and uh, I got a new batch of, uh, of. This is a weird thing. You can you can you might you probably know this. The listener may not. I did not. You can actually buy. Uh, so if you buy the the, the wheat. Uh, berries. So they're the little kernels, right? They're full kernels of hard, hard wheat. Basically, it's called hard winter wheat or something, maybe. I don't know. Now, I'm, now I can't right. remember what exactly what. But if you just if, if you go, for example, to Whole Foods to the whole to the to the bins uh, where the where the bulk stuff is, you're going to see the wheat wheat berries and they're like organic hard wheat berries or something like that. Basically, those are what's so you sprout those and you grow and you put them in, in soil or some kind of soil material like material. And those are what sprout into the wheatgrass. Um, but I had no idea. It was just, I thought you'd have to buy seeds or something online, but you know, you can just buy these things at the store. You can get them at, you can get them at whole foods. I think they have, they don't have them at sprouts. I look for them at sprouts, but they do have them at whole foods. They might have them at, Oh no, they don't have bulk stuff at uh, Trader Joe's, do they? Uh, they don't, yeah. So whole foods is a good place. If you don't mind supporting Amazon. You know, <laughs> Whole, Whole Foods is funny to me. It's like I walk through that place and it's it's. I like the stuff that they have there. Don't get me wrong. It's wildly expensive and it's wildly corporate. And it's, and, you know, I know like a lot of eco people use the term greenwashing. It's the ultimate in greenwashing because you're walking through this place and you're like, good God, this is like just eco consumerism. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. But I, I, they have yeah. nice stuff there. Don't don't get me wrong. It's you know, then there's a lot of great companies that they support and keep in business. So I'm not I'm not knocking them. I'm just you know the fact that Amazon owns them. I'm kind of aggravated about that, and that's one of my little pet peeves. I you know I mean I, what's next? I suppose what's the difference at this point? But at any rate, my whole thing with food and spirituality today. My little message is try little things at home that help to move you away from, you know, the consumerism and the materialism and put more of the control of, of the food into your own hands. And even if it's something small, like, like herbs or making bread or sprouting some, some wheatgrass, you know, there's great videos on, on YouTube for all of this stuff. Um, you know, and we've been, we've been trying to, trying to do that here at home. And yet, you know, it, it actually, the funny thing is it actually saves you, saves you some money. It saves you some money. So you know, that's, yeah. If you ever buy fresh herbs, they, they're kind of expensive for a relatively small package. Yeah. And, uh, even if you get a big bulk at a lower rate, uh, you know, what, what family of two or four is going to use, you know, a pound of cilantro, in a, <laughs> you know, before it goes bad in three days, well, you know, uh, that's, that's another thing too, about the herbs you can, especially basil, you can just pick as you go. Rosemary yeah. bushes are great. Even in drought, uh, kind of places, you got to water them, but they'll, They'll survive the heat. Uh, they grow in oh, the they desert. Oh, they grow out here. They grow in Arizona. It grows here in, here yeah. in Nevada. It's really, really hardy. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, even for erosion. And then it's the um, flowers. The bees they are pollinating uh, attractors. So bees come and, and use. So to talk about food um, and, well, eat food uh, and make choices on how you eat, uh, you know, when you eat, what you eat. Um, it's you can't do food without in some ways approaching so many other things. Yes, spirituality and religion, but, you know, climate change and, and the environment. Yeah, sure. You know, are you monocropping? Um, are you eating 
from a factory farm with the, the methane gas. And I know some people laugh about car, uh, cow farts and things like that. Oh, it's a but major, you might be doing more yeah, damage. It's a major contribution, you know, running through the drive-through than the SUV that you're driving it, through. It is. It's no the joke. Burger place. It's no joke, and you know, absolutely. It's, uh, it's also a philosophy um, because something as simple as herb gardening in your windowsill in your studio apartment. Most everybody can do something like that. exactly. If you have a cup of water and a toothpick, you can you can grow an avocado seed. You know. Uh, it's, it's quite possible. What it does, though, even if it doesn't save you money at the grocery store or replace, uh, you know, a corporate uh, you know, farming uh, con agra or someplace like that in your grocery list, it connects you with life. It connects yeah. you with the living and the process of life. And to, you know, we talk about, you know, we're a spiritual being uh, who, you know, happens to embody or is embodied inside a, uh, a physical organism. Yep. We have this human being, this human body, and we, we live on this material earth plane. Yeah. And no matter how spiritual our origins and our destinies are, which I think is incredibly spiritual and way beyond this physical, while we're but, here, we do yeah, live here and we body. do live in these yeah. bodies. Yeah. And you have to take from life to live. That Every animal has to do it. Uh, you have to kill something to eat something. That's you true. kill the tomato That's plant true. or whatever. I mean, it's just something we have to do. And there's nothing really wrong with that. But it's how you do it. Now, stop this, this section on. And, and we'll, if you want a clue on how it's done, look at nature. Okay. The strongest lioness, who actually lioness does the hunting, uh, does not take the strongest zebra, the alpha male or the, um, you know, the birth giving, no, you know, the females. The of the herd. They take the weak. Exactly. In, uh, fish uh, send a signal when they're in distress. That attracts the shark. I've seen barracuda mm -hmm. just waiting uh, around on a coral reef, just waiting on the perimeter. Um, for, you can go up and hit yep. them, and they don't even flinch. They're just waiting. They could eat any of these fish in a minute, but they don't until nature sends exactly. that signal. So, and that's that natural it's not, balance that's, that's already there that you know we need to recognize and tune ourselves into because we're a part of that and that's why herb gardens are great for absolutely it. because you can you can pluck from the herb uh you know plant yeah. in, on your windowsill and not kill the damn thing <laughs> you know true, what yeah. i mean but you, can, you can you can you can eat it and you can help it continue yeah. and live and clone it and and actually make more. You can make more than you could possibly eat if, you're, if you get carried away no, with, you're with right. herb gardening. You're right. And it's a micro but it's, level. It shows the balance. What, it's a micro level yeah. of what we could do on a bigger level if we, you know, if we do put a little planning into the way that we, we do do stuff, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think and that's huge. That's a huge thing. It's a huge thing. It's, it's, it's a small thing, but it's a small thing that it actually is, is, is quite large. And the thing that I think is, the, is really cool about making little changes is that they add up so quickly and they turn into like this snowball effect. You know, you get this more makes more effect and, you know, it's like, Oh, I, you know, I, cu I started cutting out meat and I'm not eating fast food and hamburgers anymore. I start feeling better. I have some more energy. Therefore I have some more time to cook. Therefore I have even better energy. Therefore, I have more energy to go and exercise and that gives me more energy. And then, you know, oh, Hey, maybe I'm going to try to meditate a little bit tonight. And it's like more makes more, you know, it builds on itself it, and it's little, little, it's little steps taken consistently. Um, 
and 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 done with the right the right hearts you know kind of you know you need the right intention and the right heart with it too right oh you definitely yeah. do and um we also have to rethink you know maybe what it means um to eat even something like lettuce uh, you're talking about baby greens or, you know, microgreens, um, you know, yeah, juvenile yeah. Lettuce yeah. That, uh, microgreens. Yeah. That, uh, you know, restaurants, it's that spring I like salad. Juvenile. It's I like mix. juvenile. So it's like they're, they're teenagers. They're not microgreens. They're like, <laughs> yeah. You like to go, you like to go right for the teenage lettuce. You don't, you don't mess around with the, with the toddlers and with the baby greens. <laughs> no, let them live for a while. Wait, wait till they're nasty and, <laughs> and turn like against a, you. You're and, like a 13 you know. year old lettuce with purple hair and a bad attitude. That's what you're digging, huh? <laughs> yeah. That says, I hate you in front of your friends. Just, you know, after you I love it. Buy them a new sorry, car. sorry yeah. to interrupt, but I have to call you on uh, so, that one. Um, the juvenile. But, well, you live in Las Vegas, yeah. and um, I believe there's a, uh, 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 I don't know if it's a pilot program or a full-scale operation, um, but when you think of lettuce, you think of a farm, you think maybe of, you know, East of Eden or Mice and Men, and you're in the Salinas Valley, yeah. it's rich yeah. uh, California, you know, breadbasket with, you know, got acres of, you know, rich dirt, sure. and then you have the irrigation watering it year-round sunshine and you you know heads of lettuce are coming from the earth and it's and it's awesome that's one way to grow yes yeah. the other way what you're talking about is the aquaponics which well we they're doing uh, dirt. Hi, they're actually doing hydroponic stuff but but it is uh i don't you know what's but you can grow this stuff in exactly in a big city exactly. like you can convert no, an old office sure. building and put up yeah it's, low, it's super cool uh, electricity lights yep. And it's sterile. It's never out in the world no. where it's going to get trampled on or feces or a bird or yeah, something. Yeah. You know, the predators exactly. aren't there. The insects, you can completely control that. Plus, it's local. Yeah, that's you super know, cool. Can, a super cool thing. That's and it gets developed. to the restaurants yep. right away. You're eating fresh. And then the refrigeration mm-hmm. and the transportation. See how it means? It just, you know, it snowballs like in a bad way because then you have to have a diesel truck carting it over here that's running well it's all uh, based on fluorocarbons in the air and it's all based on oil the whole thing from top to bottom is is an is an oil-based agricultural system and that's its main weakness you know and i don't even i'm not you know we can get off our hippie high horse or whatever because you know i i I, the oil industry is is a is a monster we all know this but the point the point is is like being dependent on, on one anything is is terribly insecure and it causes massive problems when human beings rely on one resource. Like it's just, it's crazy. Any good design well, incredibly fragile. It's incredibly fragile. And people forget that like from top to bottom, nearly all of our systems run entirely on oil from energy production to transportation, to agriculture, to the plastic bag that you're carrying your stuff around in. It's all oil. And when you think about that, it's truly alarming, you know, and I, I don't want you know, I'm not going to get into all the, the, the crazy facts and figures and all this stuff that, you know, we all have heard it and I'm not going to get on the high horse. <clears throat> but the point is, is like when you start doing things on a local level and you start doing things without those inputs, without the chemical inputs, without the pesticides and herbicides, and you start using compost and using the earth's natural resources to rebuild the soil. And, and, you, and again, you're doing it on a local level. Yeah, there's going to be some, some, some fossil fuels involved, you know, transportation and stuff. But you minimize it, minimize it, minimize it. And after a while, we'll be able to completely kind of move away from that. But it's, it takes, you know, it takes small efforts from millions of people 
that it's going to create that change. It's not going to come from the top down by any means, you know? And so choices that you make, say, for example, like if you're in a big city like LA, we have it here a little bit, but there's not as much available, but LA has tons of this kind of, so like you join a CSA, uh, join one of these CSAs and look up local CSA. You can pay a monthly or, or weekly fee to get, you know, vegetables delivered to your home, or you go pick them up from a farm, a local farm, which usually went 50 or a hundred miles of the place. Um, and you know, you're getting organic stuff and you know that you, you meet the farmers, you can see where the stuff is being done. If you want, you can go down there and meet them and so on and make it a part of your life. And it becomes real, you know, and that's a spiritual experience to go down and see where your food is coming. Where is the place that this food is coming from? Show your kids, where is this food coming from? It doesn't just come out of a Walmart, you know? Yeah. It, 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 it doesn't come out of a plastic bag. It doesn't come out of a factory. It's a living creature. It's a living being. It's a living entity that grew in the soil and out of the soil, just like we do. And I don't care if uh, people want to pretend like they live in skyscrapers or not. And they do live in skyscrapers, but if they want to pretend like that's where we come from, we don't, we come from the dust of the earth. And the Bible is definitely, you know, right on the nose with that. Um, that's that's us. In and then what do we do with the waste? Yeah, exactly. You know, we're sticking that in a landfill. But it all so goes. I, and I know there's re recycling and things, but even the process of recycling but that's, burns that's, oil and diesel. Exactly. Oil. And that's another yeah. thing is like you start thinking about that. And if you know if you've got a, a house and you've got a yard, you know, you, you can you can start composting like nearly half of your waste is is food, food related, either, you know, peels, skins you know, food you don't eat, whatever it is, right? And all that stuff can be composted. So, so can a lot of the paper products if they're shredded. And then, you know, there's a ton of different materials, the, the grass clippings, the, the dry leaves that fall off the tree, you know, and there's great videos on compost. But you start composting, and you, you know, t t tear up a part of your lawn and put a garden in. Man, if I, right, honestly, right now, if I had a yard, that whole thing would be ripped up. Like I would be going to town right. and, and I'd reap, replant it with ground cover, you know, build a, you know, make a food forest out of the, out of the damn thing. Believe me. Um, if I, if I own, own the place, obviously I'm not going to do that in a rental. I'd love to see that. You know, hey, what, uh, where'd my front lawn go? Um, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm planting avocado trees and, uh, and some, some peppers and, oh, interesting. Okay. Um, but anyway, you know, that's, that's something, that's something bigger but we're talking about small steps and we're talking about food and spirituality and how you can kind of make that a, a living part of your life on this uh, tangent uh, oriented midweek show. So uh, there you go. Do you have, any, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. Do you have a tangent? Well, we kind of started out talking about uh, spirits with more of a loop. It's, a loop. It's, a, it's an orbit. It's not a tangent. Uh, it's a loop uh, Circling around. Yeah. We're looping back. And it's, having to do with spirituality and uh, what is very common in a lot of uh, religious traditions is saying some word of thanksgiving uh, or prayer yes, um, before at mealtime yes. before you put it in your body. And I kind of, you know, there's, there's some goofy ones like good bread, good meat, good God, let's eat. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's a, there's jokes and that you can uh, tell around the uh, dinner table at, uh, at, uh, when it's time to say grace, but I've, you know, I started using this kind of personally and it kind of branched out and I think about it now and then I don't actively do it as much, but I think like, you know, the animals and plants mm -hmm. for dying, yep. even if they died a horrific death in some 
you know, factory farm because I don't know where the thing came from. Even well, even, that's like, well, even you more, know, you need to be bless you for, for your suffering yeah, you be more so thankful, that, right? that I may continue. Yeah. It, just a, a bit of, uh, you know, recognition. Absolutely. And, and thankfulness. And then you put that in your body. You, you've kind of, even though, yes, maybe they had a horrible life and a horrible death and, um, and it you know, burned a lot of gas for it to get to your dinner plate. You still have to be thankful to be eating. And, and yeah, consciousness. Exactly. No, you have a true. consciousness and a connection to, uh, to what that process is. Even if you don't think there's anything you can do about it, and there's no way you can become a vegan or a vegetarian. You, know, you can't afford organic stuff. Just thank the food. Even if it's at McDonald's, thank it. Somehow somebody had to pluck it out of the ground or kill something. Well, you know. Somebody else, some other animal had to die. So just, just a, a thankfulness I, I, for that. I think sometimes, too, you know, that's something where people wrestle with it and they think, well, I, you know, it, it's so much more money to, to buy a decent meat that's, you know, humanely raised and stuff. And it is, a, it is a bit more expensive, but it's not prohibitively expensive. And also, if you eat meat the way that we used to eat meat, say, 50 or, you know, 80 years ago, it was much smaller portions and it was also served in conjunction with, you know, other stuff. So you'd have it in a stew or you'd have it with some beans or you'd have it with greens or something. It'd be mixed in it'd be flavoring things, you know, it'd be used more sparsely. So you're like, if you, if you do it that way and you just eat less meat, you can spend the same amount of money. You're going to get a bit less meat, but you can stretch it, you know, with other ingredients. It's, it's going to be healthier for you and you can, you know, you can make that that positive choice of buying humanely raised meat, you know, if you eat meat. Great point. And at least that's that's one thing you can think about doing, because a lot of times we think, well, I can't do this because it's it's X, Y, Z. It's too expensive. It's too difficult. It's too my my challenge to myself anymore is how can I do things like I, I tell myself a lot of times and I catch myself and I'm sure you do the same thing. Like, oh, I can't do that. I don't have the money for that. Oh, I can't do that. I don't have the time for that. I don't have this. I don't have the degree. I don't have the, that stuff is going to keep us held back and it's never, it's never going to allow us to reach our full potential, you know, as human well, self-reinforcing when you repeat it. Absolutely. Like it's, it's like a affirmation or a mind. So ask yourself a question instead of like, how can I, and even if you don't have yeah, the even answer, if you don't know, yeah, yeah. even if you don't know, so at least you're asking the right questions, asking the right questions about your food. I love, I love what you said though, about, um, you know, about appreciating and saying a little prayer. And if you're not a praying type person, take, just take a moment in your own head to just acknowledge the fact that, you know, some, some vegetables are sacrificing, you're being sacrificed to you and an animal, uh, you know, some, some wheat, some grain, and then the people that also, you know, provided that or the, or that cooked it, if you yeah, did or the, the farmers, it, it, the pe people that prepared yeah. it and trucked it to you. If you start thinking about everything as a web, you know, as us being a part of a web of life, it helps us to make better choices and feel more spiritually connected to everything as well. You know, and then we don't take things for granted because it's easy to do. It's so easy to do. There's so many choices. I just go to the grocery store and I get X, you know, I can get anything I want. I can get bananas anytime I want them. I get these. For and that's the other thing. Maybe think about trying to eat stuff when it's in season. It tastes much better. Um, and that's, you know, and, it, and, it, and it's, I think it's really better for us if we live more uh, in alignment with the seasons of life again. You know, and I think that's one of the things that, the, uh, you know, the neo-pagan movements, the earth religions, uh, the, you know, the shamanistic kind of earth connected type religious movements 
and have reminded us, uh, you know, living uh, in the cycles again and celebrate, you know, even celebrating different seasons, celebrating harvest time, even if you're not a farmer, you know, celebrating, you know, spring as the period of new growth, things like that. I mean, that's a way to really connect to, to food and spirituality and, and life and, you know, bring your family into it and stuff and kind of create your own rituals and your own, uh, you know, appreciation uh, for, for whatever's going on. Right. It is. All right. Any, any last and, thoughts? Because uh, I'm going to keep these shorter than the normal ones we do. Yeah. No, that's great. I think we covered a lot on eating and, you know, what's involved, what it means, what we eat, how we eat, when we, why, well, we kind of know why we need to eat to survive, but you know, why are we going about it this yeah. way? And, and can, is there, is there another way? Is there another way I can do it? And, and just, yeah, the appreciation that a lot has, the sun, good golly, the sun. Good you know, golly, Miss Molly. Yeah, the cow, you know, was in the sun when it was in the pasture and then the milk and then the, the grass they were eating was grown by the sun. I mean, you know, there's water. Gosh, you know, even uh, herb farming, you, you get an appreciation of how much water it takes to keep plants alive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So think of, uh, of those very precious resources. And it's, you know, air, earth, fire and water. It's a very elemental, very basic. Uh, and it's a combination of all four. Absolutely. Sun, water the earth that it grows in and you know, the air that it breathes and it puts oxygen back in, in your house. Absolutely. You know? Great, great, uh, end, end cap. Oh, not end cap. What would we call that? And, end. uh, I can't think of the word <laughs> bookend bookend. There was a great bookend. bookend. Okay. Wow. That All was right. like, I really had to search for bookend. <laughs> wow. How do you like that? <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us on our midweek show. And I hope that, uh, thank you for, coming up with those great ideas. I appreciate it, Chris. Um, so please join us again uh, uh, each week, midweek, either Wednesday or Thursday. We'll have these things up maybe Friday. They can be kind of loose and they'll be loose topics. And like I said, if you want to contribute, please, uh, uh, please hit us up at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye. If you want to hear about a specific topic or just get in touch with us, uh, you can do so through there or uh, email at info at cosmic eye.org. Uh, check Chris's website out, Chris Sheridan. Dot com and thanks for joining us again have a, a great week and we'll uh, have another episode up on uh, on sunday all right take care